Hello again and welcome to Crime and Music. I'm your host, Brian J. Kinsley, and with me today, music's fanboy, Jason Roy. Hey, Brian. Hey, Jason. Hey, everybody out there in podcast land. Uh, welcome again to another Crime and Music, the podcast where every other week we bring you true crime podcast about people in and around the music business and their misadventures into law-breaking. If you like murder mystery, crime history, music history, people with eccentricity, you are in the right spot. That's what we talk about. Talk about people who are musical in some way, impacted the musical world, and they got to reach heights of fame, but either on their way up or on their way down, they kind of broke the law, and we break down what the, the broken law was. It's a lot of breaking. It is. Sorry, I was distracted by a fly on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> that is my attention span today. Well, we hope we have your attention span, so tune in, turn on, and uh, let's talk about it. This one... Um, I think there's even a dropout in here, so we'll, we'll get there today. So, but first, Jason, Roy, what's happening? Uh, what is happening with yourself? Not a whole lot. Just my usual anxiety attack before guests the guest. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're still going to do that. Um, today is going to be a little different, though, because it's sort of close to the Halloween holiday for us. So we're going to have a little, a little special treats all day today. Ooh. Oh, I just watched the Monster Squad. I made that mo- noise with my mouth, just in case people Did you were really? wondering. Yeah, it's like uh, those old Police Academy movies. I was doing that. Do it again. Uh, okay, hold on. <clears throat> I wasn't watching. I was watching that fly again. Can you do it one more time? Oh, my <laughs> God, dude. Okay. Everybody, this is no, the last no, time. No, no, I saw it. Had. I saw it. It's <laughs> legit. <laughs> All right. Uh, do, do you have any particular... Are you, are you thinking anybody now that I said it's a Halloween kind of episode? Yeah. Does that put it a genre? Alice sort of? Cooper. Oh, man. Was that it? First guess? The guess the, no, I'm no. just kidding. It's not. <clears throat> Has anybody ever gotten it, the first guess? What? The, um, you know what? Yeah, that has happened. When? It actually happened with uh, Stupid Possum Eyes. Uh, Glenn somebody. The one of the cowboys. Ben knew him really quick, just, just oh, right well. off the bat. So there is pressure if you're really trying to go that route. But All right. Here we go with Guess the Guess. Okay. All right. Keeping in line with our Halloween sort of theme. Not to date the show, because you can listen to this any time of year if you want. It's right. more spooky than Halloween, I guess. Um, okay. <clears throat> Shit eyes. Shit eyes? Shit eyes. S-H-I-T? Correct. Okay. Um, probably brown, right? Brown oh, oh, I didn't even think of that. Brown, uh, Van Morrison. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, no. How about... Uh, Born villain. Born villain. Mm. Not Lady Gaga, because she was born that way. Born villain? Born villain. That's his nickname? Yes. Oh, God. Well, we didn't establish that. Frankenstein. It was, we didn't establish it was him. Uh, okay. No, yeah, I don't know so that. You know. Okay. Um, all right. Shit Eyes, born villain. Um, bah, 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 bah. Worm boy. So I guess we will bring gender into it now. Worm boy. Worm I want. Boy. I want. It's like an 80s breakdancer. Ooh, it could be the worm doing the worm boy. Yeah. Could be somebody who was at uh, a video game with a worm in it. Earthworm Jim. Oh, Earth- uh, yeah. I forgot about that. There you go. That was your Sega kid. So, shit eyes, born villain. Worm boy. Worm boy. Worm All boy. right. Worm boy. I'm going to have to crank it up here, I see. Spooky kid. Dude, I am. I, oh, I thought you would have had it at Spooky wait, kid. Wait, wait, wait. Spooky kid. Okay. All right. I, I really still don't know. The Pale Emperor. The Pale Emperor? Yup. 
are you just making these up? It's no, like, dude. This is hilarious. Things, I have like, tons of these too, dude. Like the hungry uh, armadillo. <clears throat> Born villain, spooky kid, worm boy, the pale emperor, the god of fuck. The god of fuck. Is it Halloween? <laughs> dude, I really don't. Wow. All right, I'm gonna give you some obvious ones. We got ten seconds here. There I go. Antichrist superstar. Oh, Marilyn Manson. Yep. Hey, did it. And Shit. final, the final one is Brian Hugh Warner. Yeah. It is Marilyn Manson, which she got correct. Woo! All right, nice job. Okay, you got it off you, of you Antichrist Superstar. Who, he wasn't Paul Pfeiffer from The Wonder Years. <laughs> that was the rumor, right? Uh, that was always the rumor, wasn't it? Yeah, you, have you Manson. watched the old episodes? That's hilarious. You can see it. You're like, it could be him. It's him. But I'm going to tell you all about Brian Hugh Warner, a.k.a. Marilyn Manson today. That is our spooky episode. Because he's... He, Kind of spooky, right? I mean, you, can I tell you something about Marilyn Manson? I'm going to tell you a lot about Marilyn Manson, cool. but you go ahead and start. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, guilty pleasure of mine. Oh, really? Oh, uh, if I have a little too many knocks in me, yeah, I'll put in some dope show, some beautiful people. I put in. It's uh, almost. I don't as, like the drugs, but the drugs like me. It's almost as if I knew you would know something about Marilyn Manson. I, I well, a little bit. You got to steer into it, man. You got to steer into it. <laughs> talk to Ben about cowboys. I talked to you about uh, alternative 90s, Scott, Marilyn Manson, any of that stuff. So, yes, January 5th, 1969. Woo. Brian Hugh Warner, born in Canton, Ohio, USA, to parents Hugh and Barb Warner. Um, he is of English, German, and Irish descent, so he is a pasty white guy. Um, he has also claimed that his mother, whose family hailed from the Appalachia Mountains in West Virginia, same as my family, uh, had Sioux Native American heritage. He doesn't seem like he's Irish to me. Oh, the Irish part's the one that <laughs> sticks out to you. You're like, oh, all right. No? No, not at all. Actually, no, you're right. His his features sort of don't don't do that. No. But I could see the, the German and the English. Yeah, German for sure. So uh, as a child, we're going to refer to him because it's Brian Hugh. We're going to call him BH. And for the record, I say German for sure. I'm not trying to stick. I'm saying because of like his imagery with his like videos and they have like that, you know what I mean? Like that, like that, that early German horror type. We'll get there, man. Okay, cool. You can input then. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Don't ruin it, though. Don't tell people about his videos. Right now, he's just a child of the Appalachian Mountains. Uh, edit that in post, would you? Yeah. There, wait, we can do that? Uh, as a child, B.H. attended his mother's Episcopal Church, um, though his father was Roman Catholic. He endured a tough childhood. He was molested uh, several times by a neighbor. Uh, the trauma put the boy on the path of rebellion. He tried to reconcile the incidents with his, in, in his daily life. Um, he attended Heritage Christian School from 1st to 10th grade. Uh, his instructors tried to show children what music they were not supposed to listen to. And so, that worked, right? Yes, that's what it does. Don't do this. And he, he I'm going to do that. And then B.H. totally fell in love with what he, quote, wasn't supposed to do, according to teachers. So, <laughs> tell him. 1987, uh, he transfer, uh, transferred to Glen Oaks High School and graduated from there. 1990, he re relocated with his parents, uh, became a student at Broward Community College in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So he was in fort lauderdale partying all right he was working towards a degree in journalism gained experience by uh writing articles for the music magazine 25th parallel was that like kind of an underground zine i believe it was kind of underground zine. it's a magazine it's named after the 20th 25th parallel north that's circle of latitude that passes through florida so they talk about things in florida and uh what he would do bh would go out and he would interview musicians um and then people like that compared his work to like Groovy Man and My Life with the Thrill Kill Cult and Trent's, Trent Reznor and stuff like that. So, yeah, he's like, 
getting to interview people like those, and you know, that's going to influence him later on in life. Making so. connections too, I'm sure. Oh, for sure, man. 1989, during his time as a journalist, BH and guitarist Scott Daisy Berkowitz Putski Putski. But you guys, that was Marilyn Manson, not the individual, but that was their. No, they formed Marilyn band. Manson and the Spooky Kids. Okay, yeah, but that was their thing, right? They would take a name that was something like, okay, Marilyn Manson, Marilyn Monroe, something, you know. Hey, oh, don't blow it. We'll oh, get that. Oh, man. You want to share some much. I just I love shut it. up for the next hour. Uh, no, it's funny. It's no, it's just, it's just the very next bullet part. Uh, he stated he got the name from his alter ego for his alter ego by combining uh, Marilyn Monroe's first name with Charles Manson's last name. Now, see later, the band would change the name simply to Marilyn Manson, and he said in an interview, "quote <clears throat> I trademarked the name Marilyn Manson the same way as Walt Disney and Mickey Mouse. It's not a stage name. It's not my illegal name. Marilyn Manson is owned by Brian Warner, my real name." End quote. So BH uh, teams up with Jordy White, also known as Twiggy Ramirez, and Stephen Gregory Beer Jr., also known as Madonna Wayne Gacy. I know you know these things. Yep. In two side projects, Satan on Fire, folk Christian metal band, uh, where he played bass, guitar, and the drums, and then Mrs. Scabtree, a collective band formed with uh, White and then his girlfriend Jessica, the vocalist for the band Jack Off Jill, and that was a way to sort of get the contractual agreements that prohibited Marilyn Manson from playing in certain clubs back then. So you really? still get the same band to play, the same people. They just had to call themselves something different, and uh, that's what they did. So he, Marilyn Manson played drums? And bass for a little while. Oh, wow. He's so. like the Getty Lee of goth. Think he's that good? No. <laughs> you just wanted to name famous <laughs> bass player? That's name drop. Nice. But I'm always okay. amazed, though, like his band, Marilyn Manson. I'm always... I'm putting myself in the shoes of the other dudes in the band, like the ego on this guy. The bands that named themselves after the lead singer. Oh, like my Marilyn gosh, Manson, dude. Dave Matthews Band. Like all these bands, like, you know, like we come something different. Maybe like the Spooky Kids. Let's just keep that going. Guess I'm working. No, nope, Marilyn you. Manson, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but we're the Spooky Kids. No, Marilyn no. Manson, we decided. Damn it. His votes count more. 1993, the band draws attention uh, of Trent Reznor. He's like, hey, man, I remember you. You're the guy doing the interviews, right? And so he produces their 1994 album. Portraits of an American Family. Did he when he did his interviewing? Did he have like the wonky eye with a different color contact and the scars on his bare chest with his hair down? Uh, I don't think we've got to the scars yet. No okay. spoilers. What uh, am I even here for today, Brian? <laughs> You're just here to listen. You're just here to listen. Um, I'll text you my responses and let me know if I can say them. They released this Portrait of American Family on Nothing Records label, and people liked it. Do you know that one? The uh, what? The album Portrait of an American Family, of the that- of an American Family. I, I think like most people, I think his cover of the Eurythmics, Sweet Dreams Are Made of These, that was the one that was just like, whoa, what is this? The guy's like riding a pig and there's like just like this really like. That was a weird video? It was a real weird video. Like it was scary, but it was still kind of different for the time. Well, all right. Hold on. Let's 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 set people up because you and I know this, but let's get some more details on uh, BH here. He uh, like his style, right? Because yeah. you're right. This is this is important. Uh, his style, uh, he delivers lyrics in a melodic fashion. He uses several extended vocal techniques, such as vocal fry and screaming and growling and yeah. crooning and all that stuff. So he has uh, five different vocal tones. Um, he possesses a baritone vocal type, and he's got a vocal range which can span more than four octaves. That's pretty darn good. Yeah. His lowest bait no- uh, bass note of the A1 can be heard in, I'm a goddamn motherfucking get in. And now, see, his highest note, the E6, that's the first note on, is the whistle register. And so that can be heard on Born Again, or Born Villain song, Hey, Cruel World. And he goes, I can't even do it. Hey, Cruel World. Uh, 
So December 27, 1994. Oh, basically the guy can sing really well. Yeah. He's got a good range. December 27. He's, one of the, he's rare to me in that, you know, especially, I mean, I, I can't say not today, but too many times you get the the visual, you know, people are more like aesthetic, like, look, look at my look, but they don't have the talent to back it oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah. But yeah. he's actually, like, he has both. Like, he actually can really sing, but he can uh, visually, he's also engaging. Whether you like him or not, he's going to, you can't not take notice. Oh, he looks like a, like a artist. Like, yeah, he when does. You, when you see him, like, he's a really tall dude. I guess we didn't describe that. He's a tall, sort of gangly dude. Uh, pale because he's the pale emperor. Yeah. He's a very white dude. Skinny uh, arms, kind of skinny arms. That straggly white, straggly dark hair. Yeah, he's a goth kind of. Yeah, nipples are slightly lower than they should be. He's just typical goth features. Yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> I could go to a concert and see him, but man, I would not want to hang out with that dude. Like, like you just, no, he seems kind of weird, man. Yeah, yeah. We're like, going to get into some more weirdness here. Uh, December twenty seventh, nineteen ninety four. He's arrested in Florida for the first time after a concert. At Jacksonville's Club Five. Now he's busted for violating the adult entertainment code. He's detained for 16 hours um, before being released without charge. So here's the deal: What, what do you do? Uh, police thought he was performing oral sex on stage with a man, when in fact it was actually Jackoff Jill singer Jessica wearing a strap-on penis. Mm-hmm. And so that's apparently okay. But if it was a dude, then it would have been as long as it's plastic scary. and not flesh. So he claims they were. Uh, inspired that the whole thing like he had this rumor about him have you heard a rumor about him removing ribs oh yeah and what, what, what is that rumor that he uh had one of his ribs or what was it one on each side whatever he had a rib well, that's removed how they work yeah. so that he could uh pleasure himself orally i see yeah and he claims that that's where that uh rumor started because people are like oh well you, there was nobody up there there was no dudes up there man he was just up there by himself yeah it was going to town it was a rumor it was not true he actually had his penis extended so that he could do it easier Oh. No, he didn't. Oh, I was like, we'll get there. All right, no, we won't. I didn't look that part up. Uh, there's also another rumor that for, that came from the same show that he either threw his penis or uh, a man's penis chopped it off and threw it into the crowd. But it's all a fake penis this girl was wearing, guys. So it's kind of the uh, Ozzy Osbourne in that bat. It wasn't a real bat. It was a plastic bat. Well, we'll get there. No spoilers, not Ozzy Osbourne. I'm but, going home. Uh, <laughs> no, that's an episode we should do, right? You guys interested in Ozzy Osbourne? He peed on the Elmo, bit a bat, accidentally killed a dove. He peed on Elmo? Not Elmo, the Alamo. Oh. All right. Uh, 1994 again. You remember that, right? It was a good year. Don't, don't even say what happened then. I won't. While recording, I <laughs> while recording B-sides for the Lunchbox single, uh, BH invited a deaf groupie to the studio, asked her to strip naked, de- oh. decorated her with hot dogs and salami and pig's feet, and took photos of her. That's when band member Pogo, he began having sex with her, and then the keyboard shouted, keyboardist shouted, uh, I'm going to come in your useless ear canal. <laughs> so at the time, BH and bassist Twiggy Ramirez were peeing on her. And the quote from BH on it, I think she, too, found it to be art and was having a good time. Dude, I, he was born in the valley? <laughs> <laughs> He's goth, dude. That's, that's my goth. Yeah. That's, what I, that's how my goth is. Smoking I, I, a clove cigarette. <laughs> yes. I'm guilty. I've tried that. Those are tasty. They're not bad. I wouldn't make it a habit. No, but no, no. You know, it's a thing. Um, speaking of habits, 1995, the band develops a deep cult following. Okay, people seem to like this stuff. They're like, ooh, performance art and decent music. Yeah. So they got a, a crowd. It's getting larger and larger. Um, there's a downward spiral tour that features Nine Inch Nails, Jim Rose Circus, along with Smells Like Children. The EP, uh, 
They released that EP, Smells Like Children. Band first big MTV hit with Sweet Dreams. Bam, I made of this, bam, like you were talking bam, about. Bam, bam, bam. Cover of the intro. 1983 Eurythmics hit. Antichrist Superstar, co-produced by Trent Reznor, was an even greater success. So right there, they come out the gate, MTV. They got the Eurythmics covered. They got Antichrist Superstar. Reznor's backing them. That was a double album. The U.S. alone, three of the band's albums have been awarded double platinum, and three more went gold. Uh, the band has had seven uh, releases debut at the top of ten, including two number one albums. Their cover of uh, Tainted Love, not bad. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's off the, was it Not Another Teen Movie soundtrack, I think? Oh. Yeah, not bad. I feel like I've heard that, and it's super aggressive. He's in a hot tub, and then there's like a football game going on, and it's just, it's basically Marilyn Manson at a high school party, and he's just kind of, <laughs> I mean, it really is, but through the the scope of Marilyn Manson, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like, it's like, this is all so like status quo and bullshit and like i'm gonna hear yeah kind of like the bc boys when they walk into the party from the fight for your right video ah you know like no have any parties i see yeah so he just kind of wrecks shop when he's in the video all right yeah uh what was that video uh uh tainted love Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Love. All right. No, man, you're blowing my mind. I was like, I feel like I should have known that one. I've, I know I've heard the song, but I can't picture the video in my head. Yeah, he, he did a couple covers. I can't. There's a third one he did that wasn't bad. I don't know. I think it was, uh, was it Jolene? I'm just fucking with you, dude. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> Jolene! Jolene! I'm like, what the? Who gave permission for that? Dolly Parton's like, you know, she I did. think that'll be real good. She's, Dolly Parton's got, you know. She's got a lot of tattoos. She's into Marilyn Manson. She does have a lot of tattoos. You know what, man? I'm no judge. She no, probably, she, does. She, <laughs> she, probably she absolutely does. does. She probably is. She admit it. She wears wigs. Everybody knows that. But no, she's covered. Well, she got skull tattoos. I don't know what they are. That's why she I, really I, wears wigs. A barn to ride. Like, like ride Flames or die. Where her hair should be. <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Jolene. Like, wow. But uh, no, she does. And I, I'm not making that up. Like it, That's why she either puts body makeup on it. But yeah, she's got sleeves and everything, dude. You're blowing my mind, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. All right. Uh, speaking of legendary producers like Dolly Parton, B.H. first, first works as a producer uh, with that band we talked about, Jack Off Jill. He helped name the band and produce the most of uh, the band's recordings, also played guitar on one of their songs called My Cat, and had, that's the band that opened for them most of the time when they were doing their South Florida shows. So uh, here's a part, 1995, B.H. Was Morrison, when he did the, when he was all whacked out and uh, when he got arrested for indecent exposure, was that in was that in Florida? I believe that was in Florida. We we back in Florida all the time, man. Go ahead, yeah. cut loose. That's no, no, no. <laughs> like I think it was the you you and Ben talked about was it the Florida Man Challenge? Oh yeah, yeah. Where you what is it? You put your name in. Yeah. Well. No, 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 no. You put, your, birth, you put your birthday <laughs> put in. Your birthday in, and then Florida Man, and see what happens. And see, yep, because there's always going to inevitably be something that happened in Florida ridiculous <laughs> with your birthday. What happened? I can't remember, but it was just absurd. Ben's did it. I think he had something like an alligator was riding shotgun in a car, and they got pulled over. Florida man. And then <laughs> mine was something about I this uh, was America. Somebody parachuted somewhere they shouldn't have. I don't remember, but <laughs> Florida man challenge. Yeah, ah, I had to crack a beer. And now we're back. Okay, uh, here's a quote we have from an interview from BH in 1995, just telling you about what the, what the world was back then. He says, "Quote." I forgot to tell you about the time we smoked human bones. Uh, and then he goes on to talk about this time by going grave digging in New Orleans. Yeah. Like, Pick bones like strawberries. And then uh, he's like, we talked them into chipping off pieces of the bone and putting it in a pipe and smoking it. And we smoked it too. 
it was terrible. It smelled like burnt hair and gave you a really bad headache and made your eyes red. Dude, if you want to smoke some bones, you don't have to go grave digging to do it. <laughs> it's a lot of work. This, you know, I don't get an old chicken. Like, <laughs> That's I, what I was I, thinking. Like, I'm not digging stuff up. I was like, debone a chicken, bro. Yeah. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> like, if it, if it was great, people would be doing it long before you thought of this. No, right. They uh, convinced some people to smoke Tic Tacs after that, too. So I think they were just trying to smoke stuff on tour. Just like, let's let's see how to smoke around here, guys. Yeah. And so, uh, September 1996, former bassist Gidget Gein negotiated a settlement with uh, BH where uh, he would receive $17,500 and 20% of any royalties paid for recordings and any songs that he had handwriting uh, handwriting in and his share of any other royalties or fees the group earned while he was a member and he could market himself as a former member of Marilyn Manson. Oh, this is so appropriate. Ooh, spooky, spooky. Yeah. Uh, there's thunder in the background if you guys can't hear that. Spooky, spooky skeletons. That's how scary it was when you take Marilyn Manson to court because that dude, the the bassist, was like, "I want all these royalties and stuff," and the settlement was not honored. I, that's a low number, dude. Seventeen k, seventeen five, and twenty percent though. Oh, okay. So give me some cash, I guess, for my time in the studio, and then I want twenty percent of all the stuff I wrote. And they're like, "No." Man. Moving on. Nineteen ninety seven, BH makes his film debut as an actor in David Lynch's Lost Highway. Did you see that one? Um, I'm a, David Lynch, right? Uh, what uh, what was the one he did? Uh, Twin Peaks, right? No, no, no. Was David Lynch? Did he do Twin Peaks? I don't know. This is your era. Yeah, I think this he did. Right. Okay, but I know now more than ever. I'm not trying to jump too far ahead, but I mean, do I call him Brian or do I call him Marilyn? Is BH? BH. I know he's. Like Sons of Anarchy, wasn't he in that? He is in that, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. does a lot. He's kind of doing a lot of the acting. It's funny, like you look at him, and it's just he looks like a middle-aged like accountant. Like, well, not right now, he doesn't. It's nineteen ninety-seven. Well, no. But in two thousand, did you ever see Party Monster? Oh, uh, with Macaulay Culkin and oh, no, Kit Culkin, or was it Macaulay Culkin was in that? And Seth Green. I never saw it. <laughs> I didn't, but I know. <laughs> Apparently, Marilyn uh, BH there, Marilyn Anson was in that one also. So he appeared as a guest in uh, performer on DMX's album, The Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood, and in Godhead's 2,000 Years of Human Error album, uh, the only album release on his vanity label, Post Posthuman. So he has his own vanity label now. He also had a quick cameo in, what was the Eminem video? What was it? I am smelling like a rose. That Power Man 5000? Oh, hey, I like Power Man 5000. Well, the one song. But uh, no, it was the- I like that one song by that group. What was it happened after there was a mass shooting and they started blaming Marilyn Manson? Oh, hold on. Okay. You're way ahead of us here, man. 1998. <sighs> former guitarist and founding. Give me those cards. <laughs> I take it over. Okay, that didn't work at it all. It made it worse, that actually. Made it worse. I'm smoking bones right now, Brian. <laughs> it does smell like burning hair in here. That's really weird. Uh, okay. Speaking of burning hair and burning bridges. How are you going to make this connection? I just did. <laughs> burning hair and burning bridges. Okay. January 1998, former guitarist and founding member, Scott, Wyland. a.k.a. Daisy Berkowitz. He had, I remember him. He was the one that had, looked like almost like dreads. Yeah. You know what I mean? But they were also kind of like in pigtails. Pigtails. Yep. The one, and then he wore like a, like a, like a sundress. I was just going to say, It was like say, really yep. tattered. looked like, uh, what's the, what's the doll that, that's possessed? Uh, not Chucky. No, not Chucky. Not the. Bride of Chucky, but you want to, uh, right? Oh God, what is it? It's like on Netflix. They always like the doll. It's based on a true story. Annabelle. Annabelle. Yeah, it's like a, this little Annabelle dress. That's creepy. We put a long tail on that kite, didn't we? 
Yeah, a little bit. Well, he files suit. He got a $15 million lawsuit in Fort Lauderdale courts against uh, BH there and uh, the band and the band's attorney. Um, after he quit the group in spring of 1996, he claimed thousands of dollars in royalties and publishing rights and performance fees, uh, filed a malpractice suit against the attorney also. And then, well, the, there's a quote here about it. He says, quote, Kodako. Do the voice. I, there's no voice for it. Berkowitz. He's Berk. Okay. Make one Berkowitz. up. You're right. How would say that? Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Kodako representing Warner's interests <laughs> more than the band's interests. He gave Warner disproportionate control. And so by you want to go to LaGuardia? <laughs> well, right? I mean, that's, that's, a, that's funny. Uh, by October of that year, the suit's been settled out of court for an undisclosed amount. So basically, BH paid him off. He's like, look, dude, stop bringing trouble in the court fees. You're just yeah. you're going to pay off here. Uh, November 30th, 1998, a few days after the band accumulated more than $25,000 in backstage and hotel room damages during a Poughkeepsie, New York stop of their Mechanical Animal Tour, um, they busted up a hotel room. $25,000. I think some of that may have been deliberate. Like, uh, you, you hear stories. Wait, for example, Sum 41, right? What was their big first one? Tell fat, me. Fat lip. Like, yes. Yeah, you know, I was banging my head along. I'm sorry. You guys can't see me. Yes. But uh, <laughs> their, uh, their manager would tell them, like, like look, trash this room. Like, what? They, they Why? Would, Make some, get some out there, man. Gets their name out there. Oh, they were encouraged for like this, like the I don't want to say diabolical, but like you know, just the classic traditional, like throwing TVs out windows, smashing. Wow. Yeah, like any press is good press. Yeah, exactly. So maybe that's kind of that idea. Well, dude, and what are you doing? Well, oh, okay, backstage. You, wait, wait. Have you seen the lead singer? By the way, some forty one was it Derek Wibley? Weebly? Not lately. No. Have you seen? Oh my gosh! Like he's been battling the bottle for a while. Uh-oh. Unrecognizable, dude. Oh, super no. puffy. Hair's just rough. I mean, it's. It's bad. I he put see. a thing on one of his social media things, you know, because he's talking about the evils of alcoholism and everything else like that. And he just unfiltered. Look, this is what it does to you. Like he didn't even try to like get like a good filter, some shading, some light, you know, <laughs> angle. Don't no. be like me. No, it's just like straight up. And you're just like, whoa. There was like, I didn't drink for like four hours after I saw it. Wow, that's well. There you go. That's like that time you and me got each case of beer and went to go watch uh, Leaving Las Vegas. Oh, that was a horrible idea, dude. <laughs> That's the worst so, idea. Worst idea ever. There's the do the leaving Las Vegas challenge, kids. Be I, like not, that. I didn't feel right about myself. No, afterwards. you're like you're like three beers in. You're like I, I'm. Just, I'm gonna get a water. Yeah, that's just no. no I, it's like I'm no. Speaking of water, 1999, uh, BH begins his career as a watercolor painter. He made uh, five minute concept pieces and sold them to drug dealers. Did that specifically and only. Well, yeah, apparently, yeah, right. so it's a, you know what? This is my five-minute high-speed drive-by watercolor. There you go. There's a lot of those. Like drug dealers appreciated it most. Were they decent? I guess I never actually saw pictures of the pictures. Oh, uh, you weren't drug dealer, so you can't. Well, that's true. I'm not allowed. Uh, also, in 1999, you'll know this. He appeared in the film Jawbreaker with his girlfriend Rose McGowan. Hey, look at you! Now, me, me we just watched that movie probably a week ago. With what's, what's the fern? Uh, I haven't to seen me, it, Fern my, Gully. What do you my have? wife loves Jawbreaker, and I always watch it just kind of sh- shaking my head a little bit. <laughs> like this would never Well, because I'm like, I, she's the Jawbreaker generation. I'm, I'm like, I'm Heather's. Oh, it, that's it, true. It, it Jawbreaker yeah. is, yeah. is, is, you know. It, <laughs> Sorry, Michelle. It's a good enough movie and all. It, had I not been familiar or had Heather's not ever been made. 
I believe. Uh, well, explain to people what Jawbreaker is. Kind of give them the breakdown real quick. Jawbreaker is. It's like Heather's, but it's, it's, it's a, if you've seen Heather's, <laughs> there you go. Pretty much explanation. No, it's so uh, they just incorporated Jawbreaker. Yeah, <laughs> it's the tale as old as time. Girl comes to a high school, gets in with the popular kids. Popular girls are mean. Murder. Marilyn Manson. Though the scene that he was in was he played. Oh, I'm trying to remember now. Was he like a? It was like a sex scene. I believe he was a police officer. Yeah, and he was banging Rose McGowan. Right. Yeah, I remember that. Kind of like a. What you say? Like a home movie. Yeah, it was like, it was like, the, like the Lumberg scene in an office space where he's like, mm, yeah, and he's yeah. got his coffee. Kind of the same. It was, it was really creepy and weird. Like it was. That's he used to follow swarmy. this guy around. Like, he did a good job. It, it was swarmy and just like, it, it just looked like it was sweaty and just icky. I see. Well. And then they went to the MTV Movie Awards together. That was a big thing. Remember that? That dress, dude, was made of strings. There was like, have you seen Rose McGowan now? Uh, she, short hair. Yeah, she's nuts. Yeah, yeah, she's crazy. But uh, but yeah, they were they, they were engaged, weren't they? We'll get there. Not since Carson Daly and Tara Reid. Oh wow, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that one? Nice callback. Yep. What about Julia Roberts and Lyle Lovett? Oh wow. Remember that one? That's another one. Remember that one? January 4th, 1999. You think when Marilyn Manson took that rib out? <laughs> do you wait to do this specifically? I feel like you do. You think when Marilyn Manson took that rib, he smoked it afterwards? Well, yeah, you smoke ribs. Do you want to get about 220 in your smoker? Like the bone. Like a cherry wood. Smoke it a couple hours until it pulls right off the bone. No, dude. I Apparently, that was a rumor, remember? Well, I'm starting a rumor. Start another rumor? Yeah, this guy's not going to have any ribs left by the time you're done with him. <laughs> All right. Also. January 4th, 1999. Spin editor, that's a magazine. Uh, this guy, Craig Marks, he files an assault and battery charge against BH in New York Superior, or Supreme Court. Uh. Lawsuit specifically alleged that BH was upset at not making the cover of Spin magazine, and he yelled, I can kill you. I can kill your family. I can kill everyone you know. Before, like, two BH bodyguards were said to have charged him and held him against the wall, threw him to the floor, and then... BH comes over again, and he goes, that's what you get when you disrespect me. <laughs> so, so, man, that case is dropped weeks later that uh, this guy, Marks, he's fired from spin over financial irregularities, so he's doing some shady deals on the side. That's some diva behavior, though. His two, he has two bodyguards holding people down. You know what I mean? Threatening <laughs> yeah, to kill because he didn't get the cover of Spin Magazine. You're the toughest guy in the world with two big-ass bodyguards. Yeah. Next to you, huh? Like, what's your beef with this guy? You didn't get the cover of a mainstream music magazine. He beat him up and threw him to the ground. But he apologized for the hotel smashing thing, though, and he offered to make financial restitution there. But on this one, he's like, no, I don't like you. And so <laughs> uh, what we're going to do right now is we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to go into the continuing spooky story of uh what's his name brian mm. hugh warner brian warner And we're back. Is that Danzig? It right? I play. I used to play in Danzig in high school. Perfect Wolverine, dude. <laughs> that would be the sweetest. Uh, who did I just hear they were getting? They're talking to for Wolverine. Oh no. Oh no no no! Yeah, I saw it too. I was like, no 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 no. Yeah, don't do that. 
It was some pretty boy. It was a pretty boy. Zach Efron or somebody like that. Was it Zach Efron? No. That's not our podcast. Not the our world area, will never so know. We're back there. Uh, here you go. Here's what you're talking about. 1999, uh, BH faces some controversy when his name is linked to the massacre at Columbine High School shooting in Colorado, USA. So very briefly, there was a guy who, a kid who went into a high school in Colorado and shot up the place. Two kids, trench coat mafia. That sucked. Yeah, so um, right that time, though, BH, he's America's. Uh, he was in. Uh, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> it's your thing. That's what I do. No, he um, was it Bowling for Columbine. The Michael Moore documentary. Okay. And uh, it's actually not a bad interview. And I'm not making a stance either way, just so you know. But there, Marilyn Manson is being interviewed with, uh, by Michael Moore. And he just, you get, you get kind of a glimpse as to like Marilyn Manson's experience. I'm sorry, Brian's experience um, in grade school, high school. And because he, he talks about that and he, just, he doesn't justify what they did. I don't think anybody could, but he does empathize. You know what I mean? Being that, you know, being told every day that you're this, you're that, you know, yeah. and, and he can identify with those feelings. So, yeah. Well, he takes heat for it. Yeah. He ends up being public enemy number one and the primary source of outrage for a bunch of watchdog organizations in the U.S. The Blue Angels? Uh, no, those are airplane pilots. Oh, Guardian Angels. Oh, uh, the Guardian Angels. I don't know if they didn't like him, but a lot of people didn't like him, man. Like your mom's groups and stuff like that. And like, this kid's turning our kids into Satanists and they're that's why they're shooting up things and... He wears black, and they wear a bunch of black. And yep. like, oh because God. of a song. Yeah. So in sworn testimony on the American Family Association website claimed his concerts specifically involved bestiality, satanic altars, ritual rapes, and distribution of free drugs. But the thing is, Marilyn Manson, yeah, that's his thing, like shock value. And I honestly, though, believe, like, he... He believes what he's doing. Like I think he feels like it's a like Lady Gaga. Like it's art. It's art. It's his art. You know what I mean? I I, I, think, I think to some so. degree. But honestly, I we've seen this. Alice Cooper to some degree, even Madonna, Kiss. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. ACDC. They're Satanists everywhere. Chuck Berry. I I will tell you, I really don't think people are giving out free drugs at concerts. I don't think tour promoters or concert managers are like, that's a good way to make a lot of money. Yeah, who's the... (laughs) Let's give out free drugs. (laughs) Yeah. Huh? (laughs) What could go wrong? But but who was the the blues blues legend? B.B. King? No, no, Sold the Soul to the Devil. Oh, Johnson. Yeah. Uh, Robert Johnson? Yeah, we'll just call him Johnson. Uh, Hugh Johnson? No. No. Think call him Big Johnson. Okay. Um, uh, some towns are threatening to pass legislation banning BH from performing uh, on state property, and schools in Florida. Okay, dude. These you can't play at county Florida, fairs. Well, yeah, right. You can't. And schools in Florida threaten to expel students who attended his shows. So if you go to a Marilyn Manson concert, you're gonna get kicked out of school. I'm going to see Marilyn Manson, mom. Yeah, yeah right. That's just incentivizing this. You guys are approaching. They this got free drugs. State of South Carolina ended up giving uh, BH forty thousand dollars not to play in South Carolina. That's that's a that's that's how you do it. That's the way to go, right? Yeah, yep. You don't want me coming around, do you? Cough it up, because <laughs> I will. It's extortion. It's like the mafia dudes that go around and like. I will influence rough your children. Up. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. Well, we got a quote because uh, BH here. He's like, "All right, I need okay. Yeah, everybody's targeting me. Let me respond." He says, "Quote: Well, I asked for it." Uh, you don't make a record called Antichrist Superstar and not expect people to hate you. But I wanted to do something that made a difference. Uh, I wanted to put a fucking dent in the world like my hero, Dolly Jim Morrison. 
I knew that if there are people who would take it at face value and there are people who would see and do it more deeply and that would be a dichotomy that would cause chaos. So basically, uh, after Columbine, the chaos ratchets up even more. His concerts... But he's more people having They're protesting and picketing his concerts. 2001 OzFest tour, he receives death threats. Hundreds of people threatened to kill him when he played Colorado. He says, quote... I would just get on stage and smash beer bottles and cut myself and go, fuck you, bring it. I've got scars all over my chest. I can show you. I would jump into the crowd and punch people. It wasn't even those people who were at fault. But my dad gave me the best advice. If people are going to kill you, son, I won't tell you in advance. No, I don't miss that part at all. It made everyone around me upset and i discovered that police bomb dogs are also drug dogs so when there were bomb threats i had a difficult time hiding my narcotics so was that okay so was it if you've seen the video was it it's not the dope show but it was it i don't like the drugs but the drugs like me yeah and he's got the police dogs and he's got <laughs> so you see a, a little i don't know but the... he's not doing and i'm not you know taking away from his credit or you know it's talents or anything like that, but like we, Iggy Pop, Iggy Pop, I met cut him. himself <laughs> when he was with the Stooges. Like you know, Sid Vicious always cut himself. So he's kind of to me, kind of taking. All right, let's take a page from this playbook. A little bit from oh, that, little I bit see. From that. I thought you were just talking then, about like the depressed artist sort of mentality, but you're like, you think he's, but I think he's faking more, it. Yeah, I, I, I just, I'm totally, copycat. I'm totally just like. Hypocrite. I'm like, I think he really believes it. Two minutes later, I think he's doing it on purpose. I was like, you think he's faking it? Bullshit. <laughs> but uh, no, I and I don't think. I think he's more shock value. I don't think he's necessarily like anarchy, or you know, I think he's just more shock. He's not anarchy. Not as not lawless. Yet. Nothing. He hasn't done any riots or anything. I mean, we talked about people starting riots on this show before, and he's done nothing of that. He's he's what Rage Against the Machine is. Rage. He's to what religion is is what rage against the machine is to politics right Ooh, right okay so you well that i don't know they take a coordinated stand against politics you think this is a coordinated stand against religion i think he has an issue with religion i mean but i think he kind of co-opted a lot of i shouldn't say that i think he knew how to push people's buttons because he has that background right like he went to the religious schools like he comes from that you know that area where religion is you know you know that's people's moral compass more so than politics or anything else and i think he knows those fundamentalists their ideals and what they don't like and he just flipped the script on it i see antichrist superstar yeah well all right uh flipping the script eh here's one i'll flip on you guess what happened near us in oakland county michigan um something shocking i'm sure it was august 16 2001 bh is charged with criminal sexual conduct in oakland county michigan Did, was he really yeah man what do he do he was over at um what do they call it pine knob music theater it's now called dte music center it's always like pine knob but right it's pine knob so joshua keesler filed a complaint that he was this dude was a security guard at a july 30th concert and uh bh comes up and he allegedly allegedly uh, he spat on his head. He wrapped his legs around him. Uh, he's wearing a thong, and he starts gyrating and rubbing his penis on this guy's neck. I do know this. You're right. I, I, right when you say, I do remember this. You do. Do yeah. you really? All right. I well, was that security guard, Brian. 
Oh my God! So questions for you. So uh, how how did it feel with this penis on your neck? And uh, did- I, it, it was shocking at first. I didn't. Ex- I thought I was good. You don't bounce back real quick from something like that, Brian. But I, I did the settlement. I got. I know people probably think it was a cash <laughs> grab on my part, but honestly, like it was more the therapy, which I'm still dealing with. And I learned that it wasn't so much me as it was him. Like I'm working through my issues, but clearly he has larger issues he needs to work through. So, but we're yeah. I mean, we we text every now and then. I mean, it's. Cool. So there was a large issue between you. Yeah. What you would say. All right. Well, uh, what the prosecutor said was, uh, it was offensive, crude, and rude. This was not something that was orchestrated or choreographed by a part of the act. The security guard was unknown, unwilling participant, and ironically, while there for protection, he was sexually assaulted. It's like the old-timey like newsreel that comes in. That's just in. Well, that's that's my lawyer speak, right? They gotta they speak like that. You need to have a typewriter sound in the background when you do that. <laughs> Taking notes like yeah. the stenographer. Yeah. Uh, the charge is punishable. Punishable. We make fun, but the charge was punishable with up to two years imprisonment and accompanied with the charge of disorderly conduct. So the complaint came with an arrest warrant. Um, BH post twenty five thousand dollars in personal bond. And uh, in December, they go to court on this. The one-day trial, the judge dismissed the charge of sexual conduct as B.H. had, in the judge's view, quote, gained no sexual gratification from this act. You don't know what he's into. Well, that's the thing, right? But the judge was like, no, he's not getting off doing that. I guess he probably saw a video or something like that. Just because you're not into it doesn't mean that he's not. Well, when you're a judge, you can pretty much do what you want. That's true. Uh, BH pleads no contest to the outstanding lesser charge, which carried up to three months imprisonment. He's ordered to pay $4,000 in fines. Um, after the trial, the security guard, he tried going after a civil suit. Uh, that was dropped. They settled out of court, so a little payola, and that's the end of that. Don't you feel, though, sometimes when people 40 settle grand. out of court, like that's, to me, it's sort of an admission. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I hate to be that guy, but yeah, uh, you're right. It, yeah, yeah, you did it. You're like, look, man, uh, I'm going to pay you because I don't feel confident enough in winning this court case. So what's a, yeah. what's a number? Shut up. Shut up. Yeah, just shut start up. yelling numbers. Bro. <laughs> Take the check. Right so, right? It's like, okay, what's your number? And that's, here's the thing, man. I hate to be a dick, and you can be as idealistic as you want, but everybody's got a number. Oh, without a doubt. But like, you keep adding zeros. Someone's going to say something. Yeah. Like, what's his name? Uh, Tim Cook or whatever. He does something to you. He can just start writing O's on that checkbook. <laughs> yep. And he's going to hit one. You're going to go, well, okay, let's talk. You that's, know, like, that's my price. <laughs> 500 bucks? Done. <laughs> wow, five. I was at 50. But <laughs> like, oh, there's a whole fiver in there. There's yeah. a Lincoln. Lincoln's on the five, right? I sound smart. And a selfie. All right. And the, and, and the penny. September 13th, the 14th, 2002, he does his first art show. So he does, watercolors. Uh, yeah, well, they're there too. He does this thing called the Golden Age of Grotesque. It's at L.A. Contemporary Exhibition Center. So he's in L.A. and uh, he introduces him to the world of art in six shocking words. He just comes out and says, "I am the god of fuck." <laughs> and so they got like weird art things playing around. You got videos of like like football jocks fighting goths on a high school football field and sort of weird phantasm things and stuff. And so. Uh, his quote about his art show was, he put his quote, my point on earth is chaos. I'm uh, the third act in every movie you've ever seen. I'm the part where it rains and the part where the person you don't want to die dies. So 
you'd mm. think he's like into this art thing right like he's got it all down and stuff like that but yeah art in america's that's a, a art critiquing magazine publication website thing this guy max henry he he goes they look like the work of psychiatric patients given materials <laughs> to use as therapy it's like this would never be taken seriously in a fine art context and so uh, it's the celebrity. It's not the work. Yeah, but That's you do have some celebrities. Like, have you seen like Kurt so. Cobain? Has like have you seen his art? No, they've done it, and they've actually. There's been a lot of I know the whole like art and prices like this arbitrary type thing. Oh, I'm about to go off on a oh, super know, fucking yeah. tirade. Like, I'm ready. Like the banana. Oh sold. my god! Did you see that, dude? This is ridiculous. It, art it, is stupid. Yeah, and that whole thing with the banana that was duct taped to the wall. Oh my god! Do you see how much that okay. went for? Here's here's but what we're talking about. You buy the license. Yeah. Or a certificate so that you can just post a banana on a wall and be like, "Yeah, this is legit. I got." It. Here's what we're talking about. There was there was this modern art thing. I I want to say it was in Florida, to be completely honest, on exhibition where somebody duct taped a banana to a wall. That was it. That was art. That was it. Like it could have been the guys setting up the scaffolding's lunch, and they just stuck it to the wall, and that was art. And it's literally been quoted for like. Half a million dollars, oh, million dollars. There were six of them they sold. I mean, oh, dude. See, that's why I'm saying art. And the whole world of art is bullshit. But they didn't buy. They didn't buy the actual banana, banana and duct no, tape. They bought. Not. It was from the artist. It was a. Uh, it was a uh, like a, a certificate of authenticity. But it says that you know this. It's the concept or the idea. So. No. If I were to take a banana and duct tape it to a wall, you're like, get that fucking banana off my wall and you waste <laughs> some duct tape. Right. You know, let's say you have one of those little certificates, or you know that you own that, like, that you can do that, and it's just as valuable as the, the original. original. Yeah. No, dude. At one point, some guy came and took a bite out of it. People get yep. selfies with it. Yep. Everybody's pissed off at him for doing it. Yeah. Like whatever. He was like a dentist. I read that article. Yeah. He was all upset. He's like, I didn't know. I just thought it was a thing. Was you a see thing. banana duct tape. It's the so stupid. Because here's the thing, right? You can do, uh, like, we can talk painting even. We'll talk painting. So you can do, like, a line and a dot, like an upside down exclamation point. And some people will value that at $3 million if it's got the right name and the right pedigree behind it. But yeah. if you and I did it, they're like, oh, well, that's, you don't understand art. Yeah. You know? It was like, just, I, uh, was it earlier this week? Um, and, uh. I think it was, was I don't know, England maybe, but uh, one of was it one of Banksy's pictures sold for mm. it was like ten mil or it was okay or nine to ten maybe some whatever. But uh, what it was was it was uh, you know, have you seen like was it is it Monet that has like the bridge and they have like the flowers floating in the water? Okay, yeah, yep. water well, he, lilies. Exact, or yeah, yep. exact. I mean, exact same picture, <laughs> but he put in a traffic cone and some old sharp uh, shopping carts. Oh, genius! Sold, yeah. I, I do like the guy's stuff sometimes, but but thinks he's cool. But. Yeah, I, I, I'll give him a pass. But like, because he's doing the thing that you hate, and he's pointing that out, like how right. bullshit it is sometimes. It's hundred percent bullshit, dude. It yeah. just drives me nuts that it is all who you know. It's all circles of influence. It's yeah. all you're all just passing this money around when art really is whatever you want it to be at that yeah. point. Like, I can make a cube in wood shop in high school. And it's it's a step stool, and yet some dude can make a cube out of plywood, and it's the next. You're like, oh my yeah. god, it's transcendental humanism in its human form. You're like, what? Yeah, perfect case of that I was spray painting some old picture frames because I wanted to <laughs> like, well, yeah, well, I'll give it a try. Maybe I can refurbish them. There you go. So I had a piece of like, what was it? It was a piece, like a small piece of dry drywall behind it, this right? Scrap, and I so I put it on there, and then I just started spray painting it, and then I took it off, and it looked kind of cool, you know, and I. 
called it my accidental art. So I took it. I, I did. I took it into the house and I took that. <laughs> I framed it and I let it sit up there for like two, three weeks. And like my wife, nice. was, my wife was like, that's kind of cool. I was like, yeah, you like it? Yeah. Like, but it, it was nothing. It was absolutely nothing. That's hilarious. You've seen those, uh, those memes where it's like, I wish I was on this beach and it's actually just like the reflection of a rusty bumper. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my brain. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. That's yeah. why it's all bullshit. Your brain's going to fill in and appreciate beauty of all of it. To sell it for millions of dollars is just yeah absurd to me. I think if you like it, if it brings you joy, if you if it makes you happy, then okay, fuck it. Yeah, cool. There you go. Yeah, if you like it, who am I to judge? <laughs> and on that. But I will. <laughs> oh, totally. You'll hear about it. Uh, speaking of bringing joy, March 22nd, 2004, BH and Dita Von Tees get married in a private non-denominational ceremony officiated by a Chilean film director, Alejandro Jodorowsky. A lot of those stories, too, that you're talking about, like with Marilyn Manson, you know, like Billy Corgan from Smashing Pumpkins, Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails, yep. they, they would participate in, the, in that stuff, too. The bone smoking. And I don't know the, the bone smoking. parties. But I, like, <laughs> that I don't know, but I, I do know like Billy Corgan and him were pretty, they're pretty tight. That's cool, man. Yeah. Uh, do you know about Dita Von Tees? She's a tattoo artist? I believe so. Well, no, that's Kat Von D. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's different. She's married to a different weird guy. Uh, Dita Von Tees is the queen of burlesque. She's a burlesque dancer, a model, and a costume designer. So they're married. So now he's married. Wow. Good for you, buddy. September 14th, 2004, he's got his second art exhibition. First night in Paris and the second night's in Berlin, so he's gone international now. Uh, like wearing a boa and a... He always wore a lot of boas. Oh, yeah, no, boas, I think that just screams art right yeah. there. That says artist. I'm wearing a bow or pro wrestler. I mean, you got two avenues. And he has, well, you know what? He looks like he could be a pro wrestler. Well, they did use the beautiful people as the intro song, <laughs> too. Who was that? Was that Triple H? I, I, when he would come in? You're right. Somebody did. We used to, uh, all right, breaking the fourth wall, Jason and I used to watch a lot of wrestling with Ben yeah. back in the day. It was like Monday Night Raw and Thursday Night, uh, whatever the other one is. When John Cena used to wrestle with Bling Bling. Oh, dude. I remember when John, was Cena, when John Cena was John Cena. He'd come out in the yellow and purple and lose. Like, they're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, you know, he's going to lose. It's Cena. And he'd do this so. wrestling in jean shorts. <laughs> like, I'm not Who wrestles that, in jeans? They have to be stretchy. Those have to be no. like those magic yoga pants jeans that people yeah. wear. You know what I mean? Jeggings? Jeggings. They have to be jeggings. John Cena wears jeggings. Yeah. I like that dude. He's a super nice guy, man. Seems like it. Of all the Make-A-Wish Foundation like people that participate in that program, like celebrities, he holds the record for the most. What do you mean? Like most, most uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation stuff grants? Like that? Yeah. There you go. Yeah, he's a good guy, man. Well... Kind of like the Make-A-Wish Foundation. We got a three-headed Christ in this one uh, at this art show. Three he painted three? Yeah, it's called the oh. Tri-Megastris, which is uh, the title centerpiece here at this exhibition. It's a three-headed Christ painted into an uh, ancient wood panel, or an ancient antique wood panel, from a portable embalmer's table. So they took the old table, painted a three-headed Jesus on it, and called it art. Man. <laughs> I'm just painting 300 heads on something? Like, that would... Which is three, I think. I don't think 300. I oh, you said, could, though. I thought you said 300. Oh, no. 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 Even no. three is a bit much. That's more than you need. That's more than you need. <laughs> July 2005, uh, BH tells Rolling Stone that he's shifting his focus from music to filmmaking. He says, quote, I just don't think that the world is worth putting music into right now. I no longer want to make art that other people, particularly record companies, are turning into a product. I just want to make art. So he's going to the film, man. But what, what was his first feature film? 
Um, well, we'll get there in a couple cards here, I think. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see if we talk about it. Just make, uh, make, make one up. Uh, the uh, Dora the Explorer. I, have you seen that? I can't even get it's myself funny. to watch it. I don't. Is it's, it funny? It, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like Dora's like an adult. I really feel uncomfortable trying to suspend it, disbelief. Was it Michael, what's the guy from Ant Man that does? You know, what I'm talking about. We talked about him last time we were here. No. He does the stories like on Ant Man. Like, oh, Michael Pena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He plays a dad in that. He's hilarious. <laughs> well, all right. If Michael Pena's in it, yeah. I might sign up for that one. <laughs> get the, my ass is in that seat. Well, another amazing actor, Johnny Depp. Uh, oh, they were. He uses uh, BH here as his inspiration for his performance in Willy Wonka and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I would have thought, I'm not making a joke, like, honestly, and I'm not the only one, but he really, I got like a Michael Jackson vibe from him. Like that whole movie, the way he was acting. And oh, like, wow. Yeah, yeah no, I really did. You're not wrong there. That's kind of weird. Well, here's the weird part. Now imagine this. Uh, BH expressed interest in playing... Willy Wonka in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Could you imagine him being like, God. all the candy you want? <laughs> run, run, Charlie, run home. Uh, okay. What's the line you lose, you get nothing? What was that? You know what I'm talking about? The, the original. Oh, yeah, when Gene Wilder starts yeah. freaking out. But Marilyn Manson's like screaming that. Oh. Yeah, like a, you lose. <laughs> you get nothing. You can't smell your own shit on your knees. <laughs> You, it's right here in the contract. I read about that scene uh, where Gene Wilder goes off like, you lose, you get nothing. What we're talking about is Willy and the Wa- Chocolate fa- Willy, no. <laughs> Different movie. It's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory versus Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Those are two separate movies. Yeah. So Willy Wonka came first with Gene Wilder. Charlie and Chocolate Factory came second with Johnny Depp. But in the early 60s, 70s one with Gene Wilder, he, that scene was completely not improvised, but the actors didn't know he was going to play it that way. And so it's like something, the thing was titled like natural reactions from actors. And so that little kid was like, oh God, you can see his eyes get all yeah. huge because Charlie uh, breaks the contract and he doesn't actually win the chocolate factory spoilers. And so he, Gene Wilder's like, you lose, you get nothing. And the kid's like, oh my God, stop yelling at me, <laughs> dude. And so yeah, well, they kept that the movie. Was it Raul Dahl? Hated. Not a that, fan. No, he refused to even have his name put on the credits. Oh yeah. But speaking of reactions. Die Hard, when Hans okay at the very end when he falls off the building, you see like that look on his face. Oh yeah, uh, uh, Alan Rickman. Yes, they told he wasn't too cool doing that to begin with. I guess I guess he didn't like heights, but they said, "All right, on the like when we say three, we're gonna drop it." But they dropped it on two. <laughs> that's why they, they, that look is sheer <gasps> terror. Like he they, he was not expecting it. So that's, that's the, the look best. they went with. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, right on. Well, speaking of sheer terror, December 30th, 2006, Dita files for divorce due to irreconcilable differences. So now he's got to give up half his shit. Oh. That would scare the piss out of me. Uh, It also states that she did not agree with his partying or relationship with another girl. So I I can't stay in this marriage if there's the three of us. Yeah, that's like the party. You kind of knew that going in, but that's a deal breaker with the infidelity. I agree. August 2nd, 2007, former band members Stephen Bear, a.k.a. Madonna Wayne Gacy, a.k.a. Pogo, the guy banging the deaf chick, uh, files uh-huh. a lawsuit against BH seeking back pay of $20 million. Gacy claims that um, he'd been that BH had been using the band's money for personal interest, not paying the band. Uh, among such items are he bought a child skeleton. Whoa, uh, that's he, dark. He bought masks made of human skin. Uh, he bought stuffed animals, stuffed as a grizzly bear, not plush ones, but like alive ones that were alive and now they're dead. Tax and he bought two baboons, 
Um, he had a collection of Nazi memorabilia. Uh, he also spent a bunch of money on his drug addiction and his wedding to Dita Von Teese. Wow. Oh, and he produced a thing called the Phantasmagoria, the Visions of Lewis Carroll. That whole production. Lewis Carroll, who wrote Alice in Wonderland? <laughs> Apparently, man. So <laughs> BH is over here throwing money around, putting on stage plays and shit. And this guy's like, will you just pay me for the records, guy? Jeez. So December 20th, 2007. BH countersues him, Gacy that is, Madonna Wayne Gacy, uh, as a reaction to the lawsuit, right? And he, he quoted, he says, quote, keyboardist Stephen Bear did not carry out any obligations to take part in master recordings of the golden age of grotesque Eat Me, Drink Me, concerts of the Rape of the World Tour, and selling of bound merchandise. So, well. There you go. Now, Maryland's not afraid to lawyer up. Dude. Oh, my God. He's very litigious. Yeah. Right? Now, which is interesting because in September 2008, that was December 7th, so about 10 months later, uh, former band member Scott again, that Putowski guy, he comes back. The 17K guy? Correct. Uh, no, that's a different guy. This, wow. is, this is the other guy after that guy. So this is another guy. <laughs> he sides with beer in the lawsuit, right? So they team up, and they both sue him. And uh, BH settles out of court. His insurance company pays $175,000 in legal oh, fees. Man. Beer receives nothing following the bid to have all of uh, his allegations dismissed and legal fees amounting to $72,000 paid from the settlement money. So they screwed that one dude and uh, settled out of court with the other. After he lost half his stuff from the divorce. Bro. Well, I guess you would be a little bit more clingy under your shit at that yeah. point. You're like, everybody's coming at me. Okay, I'm going to lawyer up. <laughs> Who wants a piece? Yup. No, you get nothing. You get nothing. <laughs> I'm doing this all day. You're right. Yeah. Well, take a distraction from the music. BH here launches Mansith, which is a gold medal winning uh, at the San Francisco World Spirit Competition, his own Swiss made Absith. Oh. You ever had that? Yeah. Absent, tell the people absence of the it's, is a, a drink. it's a procedure you gotta it's you it's almost like you have to it's like doing heroin you have to like oh this that's a way to sell absinthe yeah well you, <laughs> well, you, well you it's like a sugar cube and you gotta drop it into this and then it's it's is it like a it looks like listerine doesn't it it's color? a liquor right yeah and it's supposed to be like it makes you hallucinate a little bit that's what they say yeah i remember you ever seen the movie from hell no <laughs> no with uh i think was that johnny depp but it's all about the uh, Jack the Ripper. Oh. Yeah. And uh, that's like the main drink they have in that. Heather Graham was in it. The guy, I think it was, who directed Boys in the Hood? Uh, that was, they I'm direct, not a movie guy, man. They directed that too. But yeah, no, it was. Sorry, Michelle. I'm a music guy. Yeah. But no, I, I know it's, it, it, so, it, it's a process. It takes some steps and it will make you see things that aren't there. Absence is, is an alcohol. It's historically described as a distilled, highly alcoholic beverage, somewhere between 45 and 74% ABV. Uh, it's about 90 to 148 US proof. Rose to great popularity as an alcoholic drink, like you're saying, in the 19th and early 20th centuries, particularly France among Parisian artists and writers. So it's kind of a hoity-toity sort of fancy drink the consumption of absence was opposed by social conservatives and prohibitionists partly due to the association with that whole artist bohemian culture they're I, like hey you're a dirt ball if you drink an absinthe i think it's more of like a steampunk drink i think that's kind of what they're saying too yeah. like you hipster c-punk nerd yeah it's uh portrayed as dangerously addictive psychoactive and hallucinogenic like you're saying so the chemical pom- compound Thujone, which okay, is present I. trace amounts, was blamed for the uh, harmful effects. 1915 absinthe had been banned in the United States and much of Europe, so it's actually banned. K. 
Canada, though. I think you can still do it in Canada. Well, for sure. What can't you do in Canada? Oh, Canada. Uh, his absent, BH, receives mixed reviews. Some critics describe the taste as being just plain, uh, but it comes second in the Versynth uh, Absinthe Top 5 competition. So it's... You know, critics of the Wormwood Society give it moderately high praise. So he's making good liquor. So it was five. What did he get? He got second. Oh, okay. This other one. So ver- of all the versus. losers, he's number one. Yes. Like, what happened? What'd you wake up late? What happened that day? <laughs> 2011, um, it's revealed that BH is to appear on Skylar Gray's album, Invincible. There's a track called Can't Haunt Me. Uh, he's going to be on that. So he's kind of teaming up with people, going back to music now. Yeah. Because remember he said before, he's like, I'm done with music. I'm going to do my water lilies and make liquor. So (laughs) Brian's got to eat. People are like, your liquor sucks. (laughs) Going back to the well. (laughs) Okay, thank you. May 2012, BH releases his eighth studio album, Born Villain. You were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Um, He posts via his official Facebook that his ninth studio album, Pale Emperor, would be released on January 20th, 2015. So he's just cranking through albums, doing tours. They're cool names. 2013, he portrays himself in Showtime's comedy TV drama Californication. I thought it was. Oh, was it? That? I thought it was in Son of the, uh, Sons of Anarchy. We'll get there. He's not there yet. That means yes. That's 2013. That's correct. That always means no. Anytime I ask my wife, "Can we stop and get ice cream?" She says, "Maybe," and I'm like, "That always means no." <laughs> oh, I forgot. We're home now. I'm like, damn it. All right. Uh, 2015. Just an FYI. Uh, BH states he's no longer drinking absinthe. He's like, ah, I'm good. So what, is he still partying though? I guess so, but All just right. not with the absinthe. Now with not now with Parisian steampunk players. Liqueur. Exactly. On August 15, 2015, he's in Japan at the Summer Sonic Music Festival. Um, he had the New Orleans Brass Ensemble, the Soul Rebels. They performed Beautiful People with him live on stage. Oh, that'd be cool. That's what I thought, right? So he's starting to get back to that musical creativity yeah. again. Uh, February 26, 2016, Shooter Jennings' album, uh, Kuntash, features him doing uh, guest vocals on David Bowie's cover, Cat People, putting out fire. Oh. So there's more covers. He's good at those covers, man. Uh, now, here's a problem, though. September 30th, 2017, he's injured by two large falling stage props while he performed on stage at the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York, New York, USA. The beautiful people, the beautiful, ah! (laughs) He broke his fibula in two places, requiring a plate and ten screws to be inserted into the bone, as well as another screw in his ankle, which he sprained his ankle during the show in Pittsburgh. And so then when that shit just hit him, we probably took out his scapula bone, put it in for his rib bone, and that's connected to the neck bone, connected to the knee bone. And, geez, that dude's just a... Man. He he does have a lot of scars, like you were talking about. He scarred up his chest, like, by dragging a bottle across his chest. Like, he does that performance art shit, man, and he's now he's... Getting a little older, just starting to hurt a little bit there more, huh, BH? 2019, he performs alongside Cindy Lauper at her annual Home for the Holidays benefit concert with all proceeds donated to Lauper's True Colors United, which uh, works to develop solutions for youth homelessness that focus on the unique experiences of LGBTQ young people. And bring us, oh, go ahead. I like Cindy Lauper. Like, yeah, no, Cindy yeah, Lauper's no, awesome. She's great, man. Time after time, Cindy that gets me. Every time. Oh, yeah, Start ugly crying over here. I get that like that lump in your throat. Speaking of wrestler, who was it? Who was the guy that had the rubber bands? Captain Lou Albano. Yeah, he was in uh wasn't he in Girls Just Wanna Have Fun video? 
see your true. I'm sorry, I'm selling true. Not colors. the Phil Collins version. No, you're right. <laughs> He's going deaf. Who, Phil Collins? Yeah, dude. Where? Well, okay. I would say wear your earplugs if you're going to be a drummer, but I never wore earplugs playing drums because I sort of was like the conductor. I had to listen to the bass and the guitar and all that stuff, and sort of. So if yeah. I put earmuffs on, it would sort of mute that. But yeah, you really got to protect your ears, everybody. Yeah. Uh, here we're talking about not protecting your ears, but uh, protecting protecting the spiritual side. Okay. 2020 BH guest stars on the HBO television series The New Pope, in which he is has that good. I've never watched I, it. I, I, I looked at the synopsis of it. I think Jude Law's in that, right? I think so. Yeah. I think he's the new Pope. They say it's pretty good. I, 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 I swerve away from things that involve popes or priests anymore yeah. nowadays. I was, I was raised Catholic. I was an altar boy, so I've had my fill. You watched American Gods yet? I'm good. No. I haven't either. We were talking about that. No, I'm getting right through now the uh, social dilemma. So what's the social dilemma? That's the documentary on Netflix. That oh yeah, yeah I saw that. social yeah. media is yep. all curated and fixed yep. and and. And like, when you look at Google oh, results, God. like if you type something in, like the suggestions that they have aren't exactly like it's not worldwide. It's just specific to that region. Do you see that part? Well, it's specific to you. Well, w- like top search. Like, yeah, yeah. No, it shows you what you want to see the most. Yeah, yeah. That's so creepy. Zuckerberg. That's true. Um. Okay. Well. I don't even know how to twist this into it, so I'm just going to say if you've uh, listening to this episode, you probably heard our Gucci Mane episode. And so Gucci Mane and Rick Ross are big fans of the BH. They can't Rick get Rick Ross? Enough. Yeah, man. He used to be a corrections officer. Really? Yeah. There's a big backlash on that. It's like, oh, he's hardcore. And we might have to get into Rick Ross. Yeah, then. it turns out he was a corrections officer. And they have like a picture of him like wearing his like his uni and then he's got his uniform and he's got, you know, like he looks like a corrections officer. Does not look wow. like well, Rick Ross, we know. I see. Talk about flipping the script, man. Yeah. Like I'm going to be the class clown who's now the teacher. What like, I know what you're doing. Like, all Mike Seaver shit, man. Yeah. I know what's oh. up. Yeah. So, uh, we got other we got other rappers. A little Uzi Vert. I'm sure you're a big fan. Oh, huge uh, fan. He wears a diamond-encrusted pendant of BH's face. Wow. Like, that's like his bling. That dude's a fan. So, yeah. Top fan on Facebook. I would say. Uh, okay, well, BH addresses his fans, and he says... I don't know why rappers like me other than what Gucci Mane told me. He says, he said, I I was totally the only shit that's real in rock and roll. Rappers are hardcore and they're real. Rock and roll's so pussy and so lame, but I'm not saying I'm the realest in the world. People say, you're the last rock star. Don't say that to me. Shut the fuck (laughs) up, man. I don't need that shit on my shoulders, but I'll take it. I'll own it. So uh, he's, re- he's referred to as being one of the most iconic and controversial figures in heavy metal music. That's a stretch. You think uh, so? I, heavy metal music, man. I don't think heavy metal. There I you think go. Metal, That's what I I'm don't, saying. You I can don't. call them alternative or whatever, yeah. uh, even prog rock if you want, but not heavy metal. I think heavy he metal. He doesn't, but uh, you raise a good point, Brian. Maybe. I don't think he necessarily fits in like that niche of like the cure. Oh, for sure. But there's no. elements of no. that. Yeah. But he's not necessarily, Absolutely. he's not like when you think, metal i think of you know like who's like a real like like megadeth yeah like an aggressive yeah. chopping sort of da, 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 yeah. da, 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 you know like a almost yeah metal so do you think he could had marilyn manson like it was he was just right time right place i think so i don't think marilyn manson i don't think marilyn manson would be marilyn manson if it was like 1970 no no he would have got blended into that alice cooper yeah sort of thing like that that's the thing like you were talking about it's the counterculture man he's yeah. like there's a gap in the genre or in the genre there's a gap in music i can fill that 
and then he changed himself into that. But he came in too, like when MTV kind of was no longer. It was at the tail end of being MTV as we knew it, right? With the videos, right? And his success. I mean, those it, visuals. His visual, yeah. Like he owns just as much to the visuals as he does his music. It's probably true. more so to the music, or I'm sorry, to the visuals. I think than the music. I would agree. I, I listened to a lot of Marilyn Manson in the last couple of weeks. <laughs> so, <laughs> how Satan, with, Brian? Without the visuals, you're just like, "What are you talking about, man?" But then when you watch like a video or something on YouTube, you're like, "Oh, oh. you're engaged." You're like, oh, "Okay, what happens next?" But the music, I'm just like, "You're whiny." Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I Suck guess. Suck it up. Suck it up. <laughs> mow your lawn. <laughs> no shit. I want to see Marilyn Manson mow, mow lawn, his lawn. Brian. Oh, I need to mow my lawn. <laughs> All right, so uh, as I was talking about, he's referred to as one of the most iconic and controversial in heavy metal music figures in heavy metal music. I'll give you controversial. Some call him a pop culture icon. Paste Magazine said there were, quote, few artists in the 90s as shocking as Marilyn Manson, the most outrageous of the shock rockers. Shock rocker, I would give him that. He's got four Grammy nominations, got a couple books about him. You can see him in TVs and movies like Sons of Anarchy, as you said. Got a quote from BH himself. He says, quote, I pity anybody who has to spend a day with me. End quote. Everybody, Brian Hugh Warner, a.k.a. Marilyn Manson. Our spooky Halloween episode is over. There you go. What would you think about Marilyn Manson? I I, Honestly, though, I know I came... I I want to poo-poo and I came... Came across kind of cynical or making fun, but I, I still like the guy. I do. I think guilty pleasure. You yeah, said. guilty pleasure. But I think I would rather have, I, ra- I would rather have my kids listen to Marilyn Manson than I would listening to, uh, uh, Carly B. Oh yeah, yeah. Car- Cardi B. Cardi B. What the fuck? Carly B. I think of I Carly. You want to steer back to Marilyn Manson? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll probably listen to him tonight. I got a focused. Baby- I, I got a babysitter and keep they- him focused. I he will. Yeah, I'll get a. It kind of segues like I'll start out listening to some, you know, some old stuff, you know, maybe some George Michael, Gilla Cheesy, True Colors, without a doubt. You know, I'm listening to that. And then, uh, do the cheetah bug <laughs> within you put two, the boom boom <laughs> into my heart. People were shocked <laughs> within two seconds of seeing that video. I love George Michael, underrated voice, by the way. Oh, for sure, man. But he, well, uh, George Michael's coming, he's on the list, he's in the Expel, Excel spreadsheet. Trust me, is he? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, but he had a good heart, though, man. You hear, I'm not gonna give well, any spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers, just watch I'll leave it that. Feet. I'll leave it that. But no, I, I, I will. Dope show. I'm gonna listen to that. I'm not saying I'm like a deep cuts fan. So you know, when you I, get depressed, you're gonna we no, gotta no, go no. go listen to Lunchbox. I go get, and listen to Lunchbox. You'll be brought right back to senior year of high school. <laughs> it, it go, it'll be Marilyn Manson. I know that's what's gonna happen because I'm like fuck culture. And then I'm like, you know what? Rage. And then I'll watch you know Sleep Now by the Fire. And then I'll get into Power Man 5000. Oh my god. <laughs> Maybe some Rob Zombie, Living Dead Girl, dude. Yeah. Next just, thing you know, you're watching The House of a Thousand Corpses yep, and, and uh, Faces of Death. Right. All right, speaking of people sitting around not doing much, uh, we got some people who sat around not doing much and sent us some feedback. Sounds like me when I get out of bed in the morning. It's like Geppetto's workshop. Here's some feedback. Hey, you're giving the audience a bad impression of me. I am not a person that owns three cars, all right? Not at the same time, anyways. I've owned multitudes of cars, but I have a minivan and a Chevy Equinox, all right? Not awesome, Richie. (laughs) All right, call me later, bud. And that was our feedback. 
Um, comment, comments. What did I drive over here today, Brian? Ben's old car. <laughs> Keep it in the family, baby. Keep it in the family. Ben, it has over a quarter of a million miles on it. Oh my god, that's amazing. We were talking about that, and just it. I appreciate someone who's got a well kept up car that has a lot of miles on it. I'm like, that's a that's a horse that's been seen a lot of trail. That motherfucker drives so smooth, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Got a little float to it. It does. The big old car. It does. Yeah, those sports suspensions we're on nowadays. You ever pass somebody when you're driving a shitty car? They're driving a shitty car. You, like you feel like you're kind of like Respect. brothers a little bit. Like, yeah, yeah, we're keeping like, up. I get it. I get it. Keeping up with all these richies driving their yeah. fancy new leases. <laughs> See how it runs a like kerosene. All right, we've strayed off into lease talk and all that, so we're gonna get out of here for this week. But uh, man, if you like the show, if you want to hear more, hit us up. Leave us some comments anywhere on the internet. Crime in Music. Go to crimeinmusic.com. Scroll down to the speak pipe icon. Hit the record button. Leave us some speak pipe. Tell us what we can do to give you a little bit more joy in life. The life nowadays, I feel like people are sad. So I want to give them a break. I want to let them have some fun information about music and rock stars and musical people, but I also want to bring it to the real so they hear the real tr- nitty-gritty true crime stuff too, but just to separate from all the pressures of the workday. Listen to all these people who had millions of dollars just fuck up their lives. I appreciate that. And I think they do too, Brian. Feeling depressed? Feeling sad? Here's some uh, information on Marilyn Manson. <laughs> That's always... I do like that. It's like The Simpsons, you. like... It, it, right, uh, like the aliens are going to yeah. come down, Kodos and Kang are going to come. And, yeah. uh, don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. I voted for Kang. So. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, anytime you need us, you know where to find us. Crimeandmusic.com. Like the song says, never trust a big butt and a smile. Did you make this yourself? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.